0: Welcome to Today on Broadway for Thursday, February 2nd, 2023. On Broadway Radio. is Matt Tamanini. And I'm Tell Me on the Sunday podcast and like
1: theater enthusiasts and also just all around happy girl today, Grace Aki.
0: Oh, I don't. Is there a special reason that you're so happy or just just because? No,
1: clinical depression. Uh, I have oh, bipolar okay. disorder. So yesterday I was really down and I'm just throwing it out there. I am having a really good day.
0: OK, I'm going <laughs> to I'm going to pretend like it had nothing to do with that. And it just because you're doing the show with me. Um, I know that's not the case, oh, yeah. but I will take it anyway. No, it's fine. Don't. Maybe don't. it's
1: because as we're recording, we're celebrating Ashley's birthday.
0: That's right. We are. Which, uh, if you if you all heard yesterday's show, I forgot it was her birthday. So, oops. Sorry about that. I'm a bad friend and a bad human being. But nonetheless, happy birthday, Ashley. I hope you're enjoying your days off. Grace, you and I will be doing the show, obviously, today on Thursday, but also for Friday before heading into the weekend. Of course, if you want to hear all of our episodes, head to patreon.com slash broadwayradio, radio.com Patreon. As I mentioned yesterday, Jan Simpson's upcoming episode of, of StageCraft, we'll be looking at the Pulitzer Prize winning play Picnic, which is uh, a great one that has had a wonderful life on stage and screen.
1: Oh, such so, a hot play. Only hot people in that play. Only hot
0: people. Only hot people. Uh, so that you, You'll hear all about that on Saturday and Patreon week before it comes to the regular feed. But Grace, we had a ton of news come down on Wednesday right when I was in the middle of like putting out fires that I created with Netflix. I was just inundated with news uh, from the Broadway. Let's start off with a new show that I had no idea had any inclination to coming to Broadway. But yesterday it was announced that Tony and Grammy winning star Leslie Odom Jr., who I'm going to see in concert here in Orlando in March, will be coming back to Broadway sometime this summer in a Broadway revival of Pearly Victorious, a non-Confederate romp through the cotton patch. This was originally written by and starred the iconic Ozzie Davis. The original Broadway production um, ran at the Court Theater in 1961 and starred Davis's real-life wife, Ruby D. just the absolute... Best pair. Obviously, Grace, you know I love them for many things, but of course, do the right thing as well. The original production also starred Alan Alda, which is a fun little fact there. This production will be helmed by the King Kenny Leon, who has been very busy on Broadway recently having two shows running uh, this past season, The Ohio State Murders and Top Dog Underdog. No word exactly when or where this show will happen, but it is slated to come in in the summer, so I don't know if it's waiting to see... What houses might be available or what limited runs do or don't extend, but that will be very, very exciting to see what happens with that. Of course, the name Pearly Victorious, that might sound somewhat familiar. The play was later adapted into the musical Pearly, which premiered on Broadway in 1970, and starred Cleavon Little, who won the Tony Award for Best Performance by a Leading Actor in a Musical for playing the title character, and Melba Moore, who won the Best Featured Actress in a Musical and sang "I Got Love," which is like the standout hit from that Oh my truck. gosh!
1: If you aren't weekly YouTube oh Melba God. Moore, "I Got Love," what are you doing? That's that's the reason for my happy uh, disposition today. <laughs> I got love.
0: There is very few show tunes that are as happy as that song. Um, The D. Davis family released a statement along with the announcement of the show saying, quote, The D. Davis family is so excited that Pearly Victorious will return to Broadway. Dad's genius with words was never more evident than in the voice of Pearly Victorious Jackson, who takes a humorous take on a serious subject. So this is great. Um, I know nothing about the additional casting with this, but I will say the original one starred... Ozzy Davis and Ruby D I would not be opposed to Nicolette Robinson joining the cast as well so no
1: one's gonna no one's gonna object to Nicolette back on Broadway please yeah
0: so well I I don't know anything about this but this sounds great um and again I like this is very weird, and I don't know if this is something that has just kind of changed the way we look at a theatrical schedule because of COVID. But like, this is the fourth show that's going to be opening during the summer, and we will occasionally have not nonprofit shows open in the summer. Things from from Roundabout often has the last show of their season open in June or something, which is fine. But this is a fourth commercial production happening. In the summer, which is very unusual, three musicals, and this is the first play. I don't know what that means, but we've been noting it every time we have one of these announcements with Back to the Future, Once Upon a One More Time, Here Lies Love, and now Pearly Victorious. Like It's interesting. I don't know what it means, but it is interesting, Grace.
1: I think it's something to say that like time doesn't exist anymore and that sounds like a really uh. ridiculous thing, but it just doesn't, you know, the, the Broadway that we knew has drastically shifted and I don't believe that we have the same consistency with, with any level of tourism. Right. So I think that people are saying there's a, there's a chance, there's an availability, let's pounce. Because everyone yeah. is absolutely itching to come back to Broadway, that it's theater availability 101. And I think that what we used to to note of like, wow, what a weird time post-Tony is like there is a lot of strategy, obviously, to this, but there's also like just the reality of Leslie's probably film schedule. Like yeah. I'm just, you know, I'm I'm just grasping, you know what I mean? But um yeah. And he's on um, a concert too. To exactly. You know, he's he's such a star and um it's really exciting. If you didn't watch Glass Onion 2, Glass Onion yeah, one, yeah, Night out too,
0: Yeah. um go.
1: he's so he's absolutely adorable and and I'm like more Leslie, please.
0: All right, moving on to something that we knew was coming just because we know that this show begins performances on March 24th. So they will be getting into rehearsals very soon. And so we know that we will get a full cast announcement. We finally know everybody who's going to be in the upcoming Broadway musical, New York, New York. We already knew that Colton Ryan and Anna Azuli will be leading that company, but they will now be joined by Clyde Alves, John Clay III, Janet DeCall, Ben Davis, and Emily Skinner, who is, I've been hinting at for months about being in this show with all of my Sideshow References. They will also be joined in the principal cast by Oliver Prose and Angel Segala. Oliver and Angel will be making their Broadway debuts in the show. Also in the ensemble, some fairly familiar names with Allison Blackwell, uh, also Haley Fish, Ashley Blair Fitzgerald, and others. We will have the complete casting announcement in the show notes if you want to check that out. But Grace says, I know you know very, very well at the St. James Theater performances will begin on March 14th. We've talked about this before. Obviously, we know know that this is based on the movie, but it's only kind of loosely inspired by the movie. We didn't really know a ton about what this show was going to be. But along with the casting announcement, they did release a kind of a minute and a half trailer for the show. And I got to tell you, I went from being like, I don't know what this is. And I'm not sure that I'm super excited about it just because I don't have anything to go on that video got me excited. Of course, this is being directed by Susan Stroman, and that is very evident by this trailer. Lots of dancing. There's some tap. There's some cool swing stuff going on in there. Uh, But that was a lot of fun. And I, you know, I love Janet DeCall. She's been a guest here on Broadway Radio. Um, And that's awesome. But like the thing that really got me amped, Grace, was that video.
1: Oh, thank you. I, I really do love hearing it. I um, just full disclosure for everybody. I am fortunate to work with some of the people that uh, are working on that content for the show and hearing about that shoot day and hearing about the direction and all the people that made that beautiful piece of work that Matt will link you as well. Um, it was just really fascinating to learn about. So I love that it was conveyed, you know, Susan Stroman's influence, New York, New York, like the, the, the rush of the city that we miss. It, it, honestly, it's not the same at all but it reminded me of how i felt the first time i watched uh west side story of being like that's new york to me like that's my that's that's my nostalgia and i think that they absolutely hit the nail on the head with this one so um we always love when there's like a teaser trailer that releases but this was this one was incredibly beautiful
0: yeah absolutely all right we have more news and this one has been um Kind of months in the making because finally the Tony Awards Administration Committee released their first eligibility rulings for this Broadway season. Normally they do these in like three segments. They do one in the fall, one after the winter, and then one at the end in the spring. This is the first time they've done it. And it overlooked 20 shows uh, of the Broadway season and, and incorporated those into its rulings. As a reminder, all of these things are based off of the cast on opening night and how everybody is credited on opening night. The committee has the the opportunity to kind of put people into whatever categories that they deem fit, but they do allow producers to submit their suggestions for how these things go. The committee has the opportunity to accept them or decline them and go whichever way they want. I will run through some of these things. There is a little bit of like newsiness that comes out of this at the end, which we will get to, but let's talk about the rulings uh, to start off here. Looking at Into the Woods, Gavin Creel, Joshua Henry, and Philip Sue will now be considered eligible for the best performance by an actor or actress in a featured role in a musical. What that means is, is that they were, I believe, probably above the title for this, which would normally put them in the lead categories because their roles obviously are not actually the leads in this show. They were bumped down to featured, which I'm presuming Grace would then mean that Sarah Brian Darcy James, although we'll come back to him and then Patina Miller will all be considered eligible for leading roles. The one caveat to that is that Brian Darcy James actually wasn't in on opening night. He was out uh, sick, I believe, with COVID. Uh, But I think he will still be in there because he was the principal at the time of opening. Another one that is interesting is that Crystal Lucas Perry will be considered eligible for Best Performance by an Actress in a Leading Role for 1776, although she departed the show shortly after opening night. Sharon D. Clark will be considered eligible for Best Performance by an Actress in a Featured Role for Death of a Salesman. That is consistent with how that role has been designated in every other Broadway production of this show. Samuel L. Jackson and Daniel Brooks are both considered eligible for their featured roles for Piano Lesson. Casey Likes is considered in the leading actor in a musical category for Almost Famous. Victoria Clark, unsurprisingly, for leading actress in a musical for Kimberly Akimbo. Interestingly enough, the Jefferson May's Christmas Carol is being considered eligible for Best Play, meaning they are not considering this a revival since it is a different adaptation. May's Susan Lyons and Michael Arden are being considered eligible as authors for the adaptation and i don't know why this needed to be clarified but jefferson mays is in the leading actor category so i don't know what else he would have weird been
1: i wouldn't have put him there but that makes sense I uh,
0: yeah guess. i guess i can rationalize it Lorna courtney for Anne juliet best uh performance by an actress in a leading role she's the only one there so i'm assuming that means betsy wolf who i think will be a Front runner and featured uh, actress will be there. Luna will also be lead actress for K-pop, and Will Swenson will be lead actor for Beautiful Noise. We will have uh, the entire list of everybody who uh, had determinations put down by the committee. But I want to talk about this one: Christian Borrell, J. Harrison G, and uh, Adriana Hicks were all considered eligible in the Best Performance by an Actor or Actress in a Leading Role in a Musical. For some like it hot, as we have discussed before with Jay Harrison G and uh, and Juliet's Justin David Sullivan, both of those performers consider themselves non-binary. And that means that because Jay Harrison G is going to be eligible in the best actor category, that they will not have genderless categories for performers this year at the Tony Awards. Jay has said in the recent past that they do not. Feel like this needs to be something addressed right away, although they would be happy about it. They just don't consider themselves to be somebody that things need to be changed for. And they appreciate any progress, even though it is not overnight. Um, On the other hand, Justin David Sullivan has decided to go the other way. In a statement, they said, I was told that I had to choose in whichever category. I felt comfortable. And in that process, I struggled a lot. There's nothing more that I want to empower than non-binary people. To show that it's possible to be non-binary on Broadway, play a non-binary character on Broadway, and be nominated and possibly potentially awarded. I felt like I couldn't choose. I didn't feel right being in either category because it didn't resonate with me. I decided the only thing that felt right to me would be to abstain from nomination consideration so I will not be considered for a Tony nomination. This is disappointing to me. Uh, Of course, we don't know for sure that they would have been nominated if there were genderless categories, but it it, it is disappointing that they had to make that decision at all, Grace. Um, I completely understand where J. Harrison G. is coming from because just like everybody else has different feelings on how they self-identify, they also have different perspectives on how they react to things like this. So I think both of these are completely valid. It's just disappointing to me that they have to make these Decisions whatsoever. I will say that the Broadway League and the American Theater Wing, who co-present the Tony Awards, did release a statement saying, quote, We recognize that the current acting categories are not fully inclusive, and we are currently in discussion about how to best adjust them to address this. Unfortunately, we are still in process on this, and our rules do not allow us to make changes once a season has begun. We are working thoughtfully to ensure that no member of our community feels excluded on the basis of gender identity in future seasons. Playbill does a good job of noting that that a new rule change was added this year to allow voters to submit votes for categories in which they have not seen up to one of the nominated performances. And that was just announced yesterday as well. So, I mean, they can change rules and it feels like this is something that's been talked about for a long time. It would have been a really good thing for them to address during the pandemic shutdown, Grace, but they have not yet done so, meaning we are in this situation where this has to be a topic at all. But disappointed that this has to be a a talking point for anybody but i completely support both jay and justin and how they approach it
1: yeah it's 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 a bummer because i think what we're all forgetting is that the literal like and there's no definition to anyone's identity let me be very clear um but the reason often for people identifying as non-binary means they do not wish to live in a binary. So when you are asking someone who has chosen to live a life that is authentic to themselves, uh, chosen as in like they are leading this life as a person who doesn't have to choose, making them make a choice at all is, <laughs> you know, it's like asking me who has chosen to live a life as a woman to say, and um, can you decide uh, where you'd like to be in this conversation uh, with men and women and non-binary people? I'd say, well, um, uh, just to be clear, once again, I identify as she, her. And so I thus um, would like to be considered as a woman. They're like, but we don't really have a space for that. So you're either yeah. screwed Or you conform to these other two identities. And that's something I just want to reframe for everybody that like, if this were you, (laughs) what would that feel like, you know, so it's a it's an unfortunate position to put anyone but I'm hoping that through Justin's comments, um, that we are able to say that uh, this is a conversation worth having and that perhaps the binary needs to come down as it has come down for many other institutions and awards. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to flag that like there are, if if we are incredibly dedicated as institutions to continuing on with the binary conversation of best actor, best actress, if that's important, um, then creating a category, not for, best leading performance of a non-binary person because honestly any show next season would just go well I want a tony so I'm just going to cast this way and not do it for the right reasons you know of like inclusivity um but I think that having a having a category like outstanding performance that does not live in a uh, a bubble and that could be eligible for I don't know I'm just going to throw it out there perhaps someone who has, you know, quote, saved a show, boosted ticket sales. Like, you know, you've got someone, I'm serious. Like if you, there's, there's opportunities for that, that like you want to pay homage to a performer that wouldn't have been eligible for the original cast, but maybe, you know, the the same way people have in the past, but there's also like opportunities for maybe a non-binary person who gave an incredible outstanding performance. Maybe even like the ensemble of newsies that they would be eligible. So you're saying
0: in addition to the current categories that are already in place, adding a new best performer, outstanding performance category that is open to anything and not necessarily one individual person, not necessarily one person from a show that opened in that season, just anything at all on Broadway that feels worthy of an award. It would kind of be like a more competitive version of how they handle special Tonys then.
1: Yes, but this would be a not special Tony. This would be part of the Tony season, outstanding performance of the season. And you could have Jinx Monsoon if we felt, you know, Mm -hmm. if if they felt that that performance was an outstanding performance of the season, it could be nominated. I think that that opportunity opens the gates to not have people feel like they have to live in a specific bubble, but to honor outstanding performances, which is what these things were designed to do. Right. So I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled at that prospect, but I'm throwing that out there for free. So there you go.
0: I love that. I think that's a great idea and something that when we're talking about whether it's men and women or actor and actress versus one singular category for all performers, there are issues with that. And and Ashley and I talked about them last time we discussed this, like oftentimes what unfortunately we've seen happen when awards ceremonies go to something like that is you then get instead of five men and five women, you get eight men and two women Um, or eight men and, you know, one woman and one non-binary person. So this is a great way to kind of bridge that gap to keep some of that balance, but also open it up to everybody so that everybody has an opportunity to be recognized for their work.
1: To Jay's point, we cannot fix these things overnight, Mm -hmm. but I also don't want to take credit for that whole idea because it was indeed my partner who is (laughs) non-binary. So there it is. Yeah.
0: Well, Good for them, and uh, that is a very good idea and one that I think deserves conversation, and this this is a conversation that will continue to happen until the Tony Awards and all awards ceremonies come up with a way to address this, and I hope that is sooner rather than later. All right, real quick, I've got a few other little bits of news, and I want to talk about what you did on Tuesday night, Grace. It was announced on Wednesday that the Metropolitan Opera's recent production of the opera version of The Hours, starring Renee Fleming, Kelly O'Hara, and Joyce DiDonato will air on PBS on Friday, March 17th at 9 p.m. Also, we got the first creative team list for this upcoming season at the Muni, including recent Broadway Video guest Marsha Milgram Dodge, also the great John Tartaglia, Lily Ann Brown, and more. Uh, We're running late on the show, so I won't tell you all about what shows they're doing, but I will have a link to that in the show notes. And then finally, it was announced on Wednesday that the great TV creator John Wells is teaming with with Broadway's own Evo Van Hove on a new series called Doll that will be set in a music conservatory. Probably very stark conservatory with very industrialist uh, looks to all of the sets. So we will have more information about that from Deadline in the show notes. All right, Grace, you went to a concert on Tuesday night, and then you also have a concert you want to talk about.
1: Yeah, it's a big 54 recommendation hour for Grace. Shout out once again to 54 Below and the staff there. We continue to stand. Um, but yeah, I went to, I I finally got to see Bryn Rivera's show. We've been talking about it on Broadway radio quite a mm-hmm. bit um, because I, I was so thrilled by their performance um, from Between the Lines that I was like, okay, I have to follow this performer wherever they go because they're so phenomenal. And I didn't get to see Jagged Little Pill. And um they they told this whole story during their concert last night about, you know, they thought they were gonna go on the next day for joe and that's the day they were told that that was the last show they ever had so um it was just a fascinating story but they are such a star in the making um follow them on socials ren rivera but uh, the concert was pretty phenomenal uh friends Vaibu, um who also if you know 54 was singing her face off it was incredible jerusha kavazos who was in the original cast of the prom was also there and nathan salstone who is about to be in uh Sweeney Todd you will catch me in the standby line for that because if they Every do night. go on there because they're gonna be yeah he he's uh he's he's understudying so mm-hmm. if somebody's out Grace is in um but yeah so I'm I'm thrilled that that concert will won- so, well, I think we're, you know, 54 Below is just such a haven for um, new new performers often. And um, that one was really, really special. And then the second thing I want to talk about.
0: Oh, <laughs> I've been waiting for this one, baby. <laughs> Let's go.
1: You really have. Okay, so I finally get to announce because tickets are officially on sale for May 8th. I am producing and directing, drum roll please, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles musical oh coming God. out of our shells concert. Oh, my God. It's let me tell you, this is a passion project for sure for my partner, F. Michael Haney. They will be starring in Gathering. We're, we can't wait to release the cast list. We can't oh. wait to release footage. Am I going to be in a pizza boy outfit? You bet your ass I am. Are we working with the menus with 54 Below to have a very special Zaw themed night? Yes, we are. You guys have no idea what we're about to do.
0: Grace. OK, <laughs> I have two questions. One. Will any original cast members be returning for this great musical presentation?
1: I cannot confirm nor deny such things. Okay. All right. But so I do want to say if you ever wanna look up just a pregame on YouTube. Um, I highly recommend or don't or become surprised, but many, many, especially young dudes that I have talked to said that they wore this VHS tape out. I didn't even know about this musical until a couple of years ago um, because I famously did not watch Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and um, was fascinated by this entire property. And it's going to be, there are a lot of like nerds. You're going to be thrilled. This cast list is sick. I'm telling you all right now, buy your tickets because I was able to get them so incredibly low, like back to og 54 days it's like 15 to 25
0: yeah and the premiums are 45 like the, that's like the get in the door price normally and that's the premium
1: tickets. yeah guys i'm gonna go broke from this concert like buy a ticket for god's sake like buy the table you know what i mean because the night before this concert is andrew cober's concert so you can oh have double morons week i mean it, it's it come on
0: yeah so
1: or maybe it's the day after yeah his his is the day after
0: okay either way double moron feature on two nights back to back at 54 below um my second question is i'm already planning to come up in may like at the end of may around the 20th so you're telling me i'm gonna have to come up twice in may is that what you're saying because i'm not staying it's gonna be may i know And juliet there's there's a good uh reference to justin Um, from earlier so okay all right, we will have links to where you can purchase your very absurdly cheap tickets in the show notes if you want to get that. I guess I'm coming up in May to see this, so here we go. All right, everybody, have a wonderful day. That's all that we have. Thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Broadway and you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Matt Grace. Where can people find you?
1: You can find me on all forms of social media at It's Grace Aki. And thank you all once again, always, for <laughs> staying around for our shenanigans.
0: Oh, my God. It's, a Grace and Matt show is nothing if it doesn't go off the rails at some point. So. All right, everybody. Have a wonderful Thursday, and we'll be back to talk to you tomorrow.